Look at that. Weekend number three of January already. It's Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show. Here we go. Great hour plan for you. On the way, the importance of keeping calm during volatility. Also on the way, Ask Annex. Got a bunch of great questions and then a bunch of other great stuff that's going to demonstrate the power of the Annex Wealth Management team. That's all coming up. I'm Danny Clayton, Derek Felsky, Chief Investment Officer. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Danny. Dave Spano is our president and CEO. Welcome to you. Thank you, Danny. And we did indeed end in the green on Friday. However, uh, that wasn't green for the entire week, Derek. Right. It was It was a mixed week. The NASDAQ traded much better up a little bit on the week, whereas the S&P 500 and the Russell Small Cap Index both closed down about uh, 1%. So a, a dichotomy. And frankly, the leadership of 2022 is a, are the laggers of 2023 thus far. Yeah, and so that's the reason why earnings season is going to be very important you know, over the next three or four weeks, a lot of the companies are going to tell us about how they did in the fourth quarter of 2022, and it will be interesting, and it's going to be every stock for themselves, so we're going to have to watch revenues and income and the reporting from the CEOs and CFOs. The, the good news is a lot of the negativity has already been priced in. When you, when you take out the energy sector's anticipated strong contribution to aggregate earnings, the actual earnings for the S&P 500 are expected to be down 11 7.7% on a year-on-year basis. So there is a lot of negativity already priced in, which is a challenging for many people because they hear negative headlines, yet they see the stock market trading reasonably well so far this year. And of course, you know, we're gonna, we talked so much about inflation last year, and the Fed, of course, is meeting February 1st. So that's coming up quickly, Danny. You talk about the calendar moving past quickly. Feb 1 is that meeting. We expect a rate hike, but we do also expect that they're near the end of their rate hiking cycle. One of the things we've mentioned a lot is that the Fed tends to follow the two-year Treasury. And what we've noticed is in the last several months, the two-year Treasury yield has actually declined from 4.7% to 4.1%, so a 60 basis point decline at the same time that the Fed funds rate has been going up. And historically, what the Fed does is that FOMC rate follows the two-year. So it certainly suggests that uh, the the upside in terms of Fed funds targeting is is getting close. so if they, if they raise it a quarter point and they're at 5%, and some, like James Bullard, one of the uh, the St. Louis Feds, uh, had said he thinks it's even higher. But if it gets to 5%, and again, the Treasury market is going to be way under that, they are going to get to a point where they can stop and look at what they've done. I mean, there's no question you're seeing all kinds of rolling over in inflationary numbers. You've seen housing come down significantly. So there's no question higher interest rates are doing their job. They, they certainly are. And as a as we noticed, as you mentioned, the housing industry has been slowing. New new home sales were low, permits was low, yet the home building stocks are actually making new six-month highs. So that tells you something about uh, what the future may bring to the housing sector, because not much building was done during the pandemic. And so there's still an underinvestment there, but that's the reason why we look at those numbers who are really lagging indicators. The leading indicators, of course, uh, is not what the Fed looks at, in my opinion. They look backwards uh, because they always say that they're fact-dependent, but there is some leading indicators that suggest that earnings are definitely 
definitely going to slow down in this earnings season. Right. We've seen margins start to roll over. Uh, we know that, the, you know, one of the things about inflation is as inflation begins to abate, that's going to affect the top line of many companies because the price increases um, may, be, may be temporary. And as a result, that's going to pressure margins on the top line at the same time that unit labor costs are continuing to rise. So which is going to be really important. So as those margins go down, what are companies going to start doing? They're going to start looking for belt tightening. And what does that mean, folks? That means more layoffs. With Danny, we saw a number of those come out this week. Uh, 10,000 jobs here, 18,000 jobs there. And then the new Google number is 12,000, which right. is interesting because they want to make a run at AI, but you'd think they want the employees. Right. But again, 12,000, that was new on Friday. Right. And so a lot of folks are starting to cut. We're going to have to see if that goes across the country or if it's just a tech West Coast thing. There's no doubt that the Fed wants the unemployment rate to go up. No, that's that's for sure. In fact, they've mentioned a 4% number. Some have even said as high as 5%. And that would be quite a ways from 3.5%, which is where we sit currently. The other thing I was thinking about, you know, as we as we think about inflation, yes, we do know that, how, that it's rolling over. But thus far this year, you'd be surprised to know lumber prices are up 15%. Copper's up 11 Diesel fuel up 3.7. Gasoline up about 7 So inflation has started to perk back up in the commodity uh, world. And the thing about it is, as this stock market continues to ignore the Fed, it does loosen financial conditions, which is the exact opposite of what they're trying to do. So I think you really have to be circumspect about what you own and why you own it. Amen, brother. If you would like that, and we would like to do that for you, you head to our website, and you can do it on a weekend. It's AnnexWealth.com. You click that Get Start a Button, get going on that free portfolio analysis. We call it the Wealth Metric. Quick reminder, you can catch the Week in Review on demand this weekend, Annex Wealth Management YouTube channel. You can get it on the Axiom, our free weekly newsletter, delivered on Sunday mornings or on Spotify at the top of the hour, AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Start a Button. Plow through January, even though it seems more like spring in Wisconsin. This is Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show for Saturday, January 21st. Going to be right back on 620 WTMJ. Back on Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show. Sign up for the Axiom free weekly newsletter. Connect with us on social media. Our YouTube channel, really vibrant with over 1,500 videos. Got a great SWAT podcast, Strengths, Weaknesses, Opportunities, and Threats. Mondays from the Annex Wealth Management Investment Team. This show on demand at the top of the hour on Spotify. Derek Felsky in the studio. He is our Chief Investment Officer. Dave Spano is our President and CEO, Annex Wealth Management. Good. Thanks, Danny. I wanted to pick up on what uh, Derek left off the last segment. He was really talking about commodity prices and things like lumber and, and copper. However, a big commodity that is going to get a lot of attention in 2023 is oil. China is going to uh, reopen with a vengeance and right now WTI crude is around $80 a barrel. There is going to be a lot of pressure on energy throughout 2023. Right, and, and one of the reasons why we own energy stocks tactically in our portfolios is there's been underinvestment in the energy sector. And even now, even though oil prices have gone up substantially over the last several years, years uh, from the point where at one point they actually traded negative in the futures right. market, we're seeing a drop in the rate count. So there's less exploration. In addition, our, our strategic petroleum reserve was cut almost in half. We need to replenish that at some point. So you've got the demand from China. You've got the demand from the SPR. You've got you know Europe undergoing a fairly warm winter, which has actually been a positive, obviously, for energy prices. And then you've also got Russia, you know, adding more more troops. What are they? What's going to happen to oil prices if something happens there? 
there and have that thing escalate. So you really have to be careful. This this inflation thing is not going to be so easy to solve. And yeah. the Fed cannot control oil prices. And, and that's that's a big input. There's no question about it. So uh, we still uh, think that energy stocks still provide value, low PEs with, with dividends. And it's one of the reasons why tactically we have been in that position throughout the year. Moving on from there, there is also going to be pressure, of course, on, on other commodities. Gold is finally catching a bid. Right. And I think what happened with uh, SBF, it put kind of a negative spin on on. On Bitcoin. SBF Sam Bankman-Fried, who is the founder of FTX. Right, because one of the arguments was you buy Bitcoin as a hedge against inflation, as a hedge against, you know, governments run amok. And what we've seen is Bitcoin actually went down. So gold actually is looking like a better insurance policy to some, not to mention the fact that the U.S. dollar was a very crowded trade. In other words, the dollar was really strong in 2021 and 2022, and it started to roll over, and that obviously supports gold prices. And it also suggests that uh, we see a slowing of the economy. I know we talked about inflation for a year and a half or so, and now the, the conversation is going to move to recessionary pressures. We had one of our partners speak this week, and uh, he said chances are three out of four that we will see a recession in either 2023 or early 24. Right, and, and that's fine. Uh, but you and I don't invest based on our forecast of the economy. We've learned it the hard way, right? The stock markets will discount a recession. So what we pay attention to are relative valuations, the directions of earnings estimates, what guidance looks like, and, and really valuation at its core and valuation of earnings, not just eyeballs, which is what caught a lot of people by surprise in 2022 when companies that over 10 or 20 times revenues traded horrendously right. with declines as much as 80%. And, you know, people get myopic. They think just of the large cap stocks, especially the big tech stocks, which of course are laying people off, but that doesn't mean that you can't look down cap. In other words, mid and small cap, for example, doesn't mean that there's not an opportunity internationally as as we move through this. And Derek, we've moved from Tina, there is no alternative to large cap stocks, to Terra, T-A-R-A, there is a reasonable alternative. Well, certainly fixed income. You and I were talking about where the one-year treasury bill was trading at about 4.7%. It was almost zero uh, a couple of years ago. And the other thing is the changing composition of what's working. You know, some people call it rock over paper. In other words, let's buy companies that produce real assets that have probably been underutilized and underinvested. And so whether it's copper manufacturers, lithium producers, oil producers already mentioned, uh, that could be the leadership of the next decade for all we know. Dirk Felsky, Chief Investment Officer. Dave Spano is our President and CEO at Annex Wealth Management. Dave, what is that Italian word for, like, uneasy? <laughs> agita. Agita. If you're feeling a little agita over the markets, don't lose your head. We're going to talk about the importance of perspective next on Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show, 620 WTMJ. If the only tool you have is a hammer, everything you fix looks like a nail. Same thing goes for some annuity salesmen. Need help with tax planning? Maybe you need an annuity. Recession coming? Have you tried an annuity? Retirement planning? You get the picture. Sometimes you need more than a one-tool solution. It's time for serious fee-only fiduciary planning from Annex Wealth Management. Our in-house team of experts will offer you a rigorously tested plan built just for you. Annex Wealth Management. Know the difference. 
Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management. Brandon Lehman, Director of Branch Development, CFP and a Wealth Manager at Annex Wealth Management is back. Hey, Brandon. Hey, Danny. Emotion and investing, it's not like peanut butter and jelly. They might not be great partners, especially when the market is volatile. It's human nature, and it's probably what makes us buy more stocks and take more risk when prices are up and less when they're down. Brandon, first question, is it true investors are giving up value through poor timing? Oh, 100%, because what happens, and, and we get to this later in our conversation, we'll talk about this, but the emotions take over because they extrapolate 5 10% down to zero. And you're going yeah. all the way down to zero. They don't think about it that, you know, really it, it will eventually come back. Here's what I've read. Investors can make mistakes when they change their portfolio inappropriately. Two ways in particular, changing a portfolio constantly in reaction to market swings and those who don't rebalance often enough. Let's take the first one, changing it constantly. Yeah. So ones that are going in there and constantly making adjustments, there's really no need for that. Now, if you're doing strategic adjustments, and what I mean by that is you're like, well, we see an opportunity in financial sector, so we want to overweight that because we can see this on the horizon with what rates are doing. But if you're just going in and rebalancing because I lost and rebalancing because I lost and, and doesn't make a lot of sense to do that. You, you actually just end up hurting yourself. But then there's the flip side and the second part of this question, right? If you don't rebalance often enough, like if you haven't rebalanced for five to 10 years, you look at what the U.S. stock market has done relative to international. And if you were, you know, had a decent proportion maybe in 2012, now all of a sudden you got to this point where the U.S. is outperforming. You have a very small amount of international. You want to have that diversification. And if you're not paying attention to it, you need to watch it. And that's why you do hire a firm like Annex. It's probably another segment that we could do. But, you know, when I was a young pup, they told you to rebalance every quarter. Well, that's that. But then every five to 10 years, there's got to be something in between. There's got to be. And what you see specifically, I bring this up for the 401k participants or folks that have left their 401ks behind, they don't look at it. They don't think about it. Those old 401ks are still invested, still hopefully making you money or doing something, but are you keeping track of them? And that's where, you know, bringing them together, working with a firm, with a team and a plan is so important. How about this? Selling winners too early or holding losers too long. And I get the part about holding losers too long, but how would you know if you're selling a winner too early? That actually can be harder, but right, it comes down to research. What are the opportunities? Is there a momentum behind the stock? Is there a reason it's continuing to run like that? Those are things you have to take into consideration. And sometimes folks just see, hey, I'm up 20%. And maybe it is over the course of a month, because that, that can potentially happen in stocks. You never know. But then they're out. It's like, well, maybe there was a reason for such a big jump, and maybe there's a long-term advantage to holding this, not just if it's in a taxable account like a brokerage, the tax side of it, but other reasons. How big of a problem is it if you don't understand your investments? And I guess I'm talking just about your your regular person who's got a different job, then it's not an investment professional. It's extremely important because as Dave and Derek talked about here, if you listen to the market recap, you know, paying attention to the bonds. The bonds last year were so volatile because of what the Fed was doing with the interest rates. And if you didn't know what you had and you didn't understand the credit risk duration, all those things that go into it, you probably had a much tougher time in bonds than you would have if somebody would have been constantly watching that for you. Brandon Lehman, Director of Branch Development, CFP and a Wealth Manager at Annex Wealth Management. Keeping your head when things are volatile. Here's another and something the financial news is full of, getting swept up in market frenzies. There's been a few of those. Oh, yeah. And that's, again, that goes to that whole emotional side of it where folks are just, they extrapolate down 20 to down to zero. 
and, and it's no, you, the market's not going to go to zero. A company like Apple isn't going to exist today and not exist tomorrow. Like, yes, maybe over long term, you look at some of the companies, GE and how that's changed. But again, they're still here. So, you know, people assume if the market's dropping and dropping hard, that all of a sudden it's going to be at zero, which, no, these companies have valuation. They have, they own things. It's just, that's not how it works. And controlling that emotion is key. Second thing is thinking long term. You have to think long term on these items. And how about losses? Because there's this thing called hyper loss aversion. Yeah. So it's this thought that you're going to make back all the money you lost inside of that stock or that position, I should say. What if it's an opportunity specifically in a brokerage account to sell it, harvest those losses and apply them to a gain of something else? Rebalance that portfolio. It gets back to the rebalance. It gets back to being strategic and taking the emotion out of it. Like some of the best investors... And, and working with our team here and some of the best members of our team, when it comes to the investment side of it, there's there's no emotion involved. It's logic, it's fundamentals, it's valuation, it's trading. Maybe a couple of takeaways. Don't take risks you're not comfortable with. Watch out for the herd mentality. Keep market conditions in perspective and plan with a collaborative partner. That's what's so important is when you sit down with Annex and we look at the plan, the plan dictates how we should invest, what your goals are, and how best to position you for the future. Brandon Lehman, Director of Branch Development, CFP and a Wealth Manager at Annex Wealth Management. Thanks for joining us. Danny. Saturday, January 21st, this is Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show. We're going to take a quick break, but there is more to come. Time for news, and for that, we head to the WTMJ Breaking News Center. We're back, and it's time for Ask Annex. If you got a question for us, we are wide open at AnnexWealth.com. Click that Ask button. If we can help you, you click the Get Started button. In the studio today, Sarah Kyle, Wealth Manager and Interior Designer at Annex Wealth Management. Well, that's an <laughs> off-air conversation, but I learned things today about you. Hi, Danny. Hey, welcome. Matt Moore is the Investment Team Manager and a CFP at Annex Wealth Management. Welcome to you. Hi, Danny. All right. First one is from James. I'm enjoying your SWAT podcast. Recently, Matt talked about an investments in emerging markets. Does that mean investments in companies in those markets or the entire region? That's a great question, James. Yeah, it is a really good question. And it is helpful because at times, you know, we, we speak in jargon or we, we talk over a certain level and it's good to take a step back and kind of go into what that means. So from our perspective, emerging market investing to the company level is not what our expertise is. You know, we find it helpful to either use index funds that are covering a certain area or to use an active manager who has people that live in those countries that actually are doing that boots on the ground type of research visiting them and knowing what's really going on, which is one of the hardest things when it comes to international investing is really know what's happening in those countries. As you could take China, the largest EM country in the world, and frankly, the second largest you know economy in the Haven't world they altogether. Haven't emerged yet? Aren't they huge? Not yet, yeah. uh, supposedly. So <laughs> we'll see how long that takes. But you know, it's really nice to know what is actually happening there, You know, when politics can have such a big play there. And also the second thing is, and we always talk about know what you own, is that depending on the ETF or the mutual fund that you use, they might invest in the emerging markets in different ways. So they might only use companies that are domiciled over there. Some active managers will take U.S. companies that have a large share of their revenue and use those companies as well to gain exposure into those areas as well, too. So you might actually be buying U.S. companies when you think you're only buying companies that are in those countries. Two things, James. Thank you for listening to the SWAT podcast. And there was a lot of talk about EM last week. Yeah, it's certainly a big area of opportunity that we see. Yep. Next one is anonymous. What's the most common way people own gold? That's another good question. Well, when people 
people think about investing in gold, they think about those big, shiny gold bars locked away somewhere in a safe. But I would say the most common and convenient way to own gold is through the gold funds and gold mining company stocks. But a lot of people do buy the physical gold, and there's pros and cons with all of those options, right, Matt? Yeah, there's certainly there's a lot of commercials if you watch CNBC or any financial news network in terms of investing directly in gold and, and owning physical bars or, or coins. Tough part about that is that you have to store them, you have to buy them, and there's usually high fees in order to do so, and then you've got to have a place that's secure that you would keep all of that. That's one of the reasons why I really like ETFs. It's because they'll buy the gold and house it for you, and that's all part of the internal expense ratio of those funds is to be able to do that. And then gold miners, like you mentioned, now you can at least look at a company's balance sheet and see how profitable they are. So it's not just the gold price that's important, but also how efficient they are. I want the safe that you open, then the light shines in, and then the light <laughs> glints Or the, the coins that you could yeah. jump and swim through, like <laughs> yeah, uh, right. uh, the old cartoons. Yeah. Um, next up on Ask Annex is from Paul. If there's good news on a company and the share price goes up pre-market, is it a good idea to buy as soon as the market opens? So, you know, companies, especially in, in extended hours trading, could trade pretty volatilely. There's not a lot of volume during those time periods, and prices can move quite a bit. So it's really important to know why that company's stock price is moving the way that it is. You also want to know how you think a company should be valued at that point in time, too. Just because the market says that it's going up today, is it too high now compared to what your price target was for it? So you want to look at things like that. But also, especially around earnings, companies tend to trade the same way coming out of earnings reports that they have in the past. So there might be some patterns that you could look at where maybe they shoot up really high right away, but then pull back a little bit and you might have another chance to get back in. Yeah, and the first hour can provide the most liquidity, but it also provides a lot of the volatility and overreaction both on the upside and the downside. So as an individual investor, I think a good rule of thumb is to wait after the first hour of trading when all those market orders that were entered have cleared the books. But if you are worried about a particular stock going higher without you, just buy half of a position, wait till the trend is established through the day, and if it goes higher, you already have some, and if it comes back in, you can buy a little more. And you spent many years on a trading desk, I right? I did, yeah. So you saw this, right. Uh, next, Anonymous. And it's kind of like our last question. I watch too much at CNBC. After market close and during earnings reports, I see the price of the equity in, quote, aftermarket trading. How does one trade aftermarket? So not everybody is able to. It really depends on, you know, where you're investing. So at different custodians, they have certain rules around that, and you need to have access to that time period. It is a difficult time period in order to invest. There's lack of liquidity. It's all electronic trading so it's really just matching up different orders and it's also a limited time period as well too so the volume could be really low but the price action could be be quite a bit and so it is something that you need to really watch out for if you're going to do it after hours, you have to go on your custodian and actually indicate the term. So if you're trading pre-market, you can't just put a market order in. You have to actually say, put a limit order for one. They don't accept market orders. You put a limit order and then select the option, extended hours. That is Ask Annex. Folks, for investment and retirement planning, tax planning, and estate planning, we do it as a fee-only fiduciary. Know the difference? Website, AnnexWealth.com. Click the Get Started button. Sarah Kyle, Wealth Manager at Annex Wealth Management. Thank you. You're welcome, Danny. Matt Morsey, Investment Team Manager, CFP at Annex Wealth Management. Thank you. Thank you. One of our most popular presentations is coming back. It's Destination Retirement, Are We There Yet? Happens in February. We'll talk about that next and share how you can join us. Quick break, but we're going to be back on Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show, 620 WTMJ. 
Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management, Deanne Phillips, Director of Client Learning and Development. She's a CFP, a CDFA, and a Wealth Manager at Annex. Good to see you. Good to see you, Danny. One of our most popular presentations is on the way, Destination Retirement. Are we there yet? And with everything that's going on between current economic conditions, Secure Act 2.0, this is going to have new, fresh, and very vital information. Yeah, you know, each time a new act is passed, of course, by Congress, the laws change, and it can lead to further questions. Questions about how it impacts us, our financial plan, and our timing, right? Am I ready to retire? And right before retirement, or maybe someone's just retired, the timing to get this fresh information is pivotal. Is this something that if somebody is freshly retired, would this be a good thing for them to be at? Or oh, sure. is this pre-retirement? No, absolutely. Oh, uh, nice. You know, our, our kind of specialty here is helping people move to and through retirement. Okay. So, yeah. Sure. Makes sense. And like everything we do, low-key learning opportunity. Our goal isn't to sell you something. It's not the chicken dinner where you're all of a sudden steered over to an annuity. We're offering our help. At the end, it, it's been a wild couple of years. The pandemic, the early retirements, the unretirements, the volatility in the market, inflation, Many put off retirement because they just weren't sure. Others are pretty sure they're on track. We're going to have a big gathering, and we're going to have all sorts of different kinds of people looking at retirement in all kinds of ways. Oh, sure. You know, now post-pandemic and with the current economic situation, there are layoffs also that are happening here, too. So sometimes it's out of people's control. So this is a good time to look and say, all right, all right, do I need to go looking again or can I power through? Mm. And sometimes with a slowdown, people will naturally, you know, in the economy and the markets, people will naturally say, well, I like my job. Maybe I should go longer. How can I save more? Answers all these questions. Yeah. And retirement really is supposed to be pretty darn awesome. The process of retiring might not be. In fact, you've told me before, retiring can be stressful and that's too bad. You know, any transitions stressful potentially. We, you know, we talk about transitions and we think about like the ones like a death in the family of a spouse or divorce or, you know, disability. Yeah, those are really tough ones. But right up there with tough stressors is major lifestyle change like retiring and moving actually. This one might surprise people until you think about it, but you think about what leads up to moving and the decisioning. You know, some people want to right size. It's not necessarily about mm getting to a smaller house. They want to follow their kids across country. We see this a lot. And how does that impact their spending, the cost of living adjustment? How do they domicile, undomicile? These are all things to think about. Yeah, people just aren't sure. Maybe they put plans on hold to ride out that current storm. That might be unnecessary. I've heard anecdotal stories of people doing this, but time and time again, we will say the plan still works, but you need that plan. People can still retire when markets are down and the threat of recession is in the air. Yeah, absolutely they can. So remember, if people have done the right thing and put away for themselves, so we have to remember, we spend 30 to 40 years going to work and the company gives us this paycheck, right? Mm -hmm. And out of that paycheck, we've carved out and put up this pile of money for ourselves to spend now. So we take that pile of money, we create our retirement paycheck, we're paying ourselves in essence. This is really important though. And you know, I know you've heard me say this time and time again, Danny, one of the biggest mistakes we see with people is before they come to us, they will turn on every <laughs> source of income immediately. Oh, I better take social security now, I better take my pension, I better do all this. Potentially they're creating a tax problem. So we're going to take a look at the time and some strategies around when to turn on income streams. You are super passionate about this. Here's another thing you've said before. Successful retirement happens when somebody retires 
to something rather than from something. Destination retirement, are we there yet? Do we get at expectations in retirement? Nobody wants to retire and find out it's not what they expected. Yeah, and that does happen. You know, I've had people come back to me and say, oops, I really failed this retirement thing. But a lot of times that's because they couldn't identify who they were going to be and they felt it was just overwhelming. So we do look at that. What do you want to explore and where do you want to explore it? That's equally as important. And the expenditures and expectations around that. So that's something to start thinking about well before you retire. We're talking about destination retirement. Are we there yet? A presentation that's coming up. Does it get at things like figuring out how much money is needed in retirement, you know, and even things like taxes? Yeah, absolutely. Taxes become really important when you're leading up to and through retirement. So, and sometimes people will say, how can I, to the best of my ability right now, save more. I'm pushing into retirement. So we look at that. You know, people will say, well, different sources of income are taxed differently. They absolutely are, including Social Security. So if I've saved this big bucket of 401k or retirement money, what's the best place to pull for my needs in retirement from? Mm. Say, you know, can I do Roth conversions? When do I use my HSA? I mean, these are all really important questions, and this is something to look at and figure out in a financial plan. Really important and can be a little complicated, and we are going to detangle that. Let's talk about it. Destination retirement. Are We There Yet? One of our most popular presentations ever. It's an in-person, and it's coming up pretty quickly. It is. It's happening Thursday, February the 9th at 6 p.m. in our Annex Wealth Management Training Room in our Elm Grove headquarters, 127th and Blue Mound. Please do sign up online. This will fill up fast. Grab a partner, grab a friend, and come. You're not, again, going to be sold anything, and it is a complimentary workshop. It's live. It goes from 6 to 8 p.m. here in Elm Grove, and you can sign up at AnnexWealth.com under the events tab. Now, if you're a little itchy, you want to get started sooner than later, you can head to AnnexWealth.com and click that Get Started button. You can do that right away. Deanne Phillips, Director of Client Learning and Development at Annex Wealth Management, also a wealth manager, CFP, and a CDFA. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. Saturday, January 21st. More to come. Stick around. We're going to take a quick break and be right back and wrap things up. This is Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show on 620 WTMJ. Back on Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show. This show is going to be on Spotify at the top of the hour if you'd like to hear it again, or maybe you came in late. Again, that's Spotify. Look for Annex Wealth Management. I'm Danny Clayton, Derek Felsky in the studio, Chief Investment Officer, Dave Spano, President and CEO, Annex Wealth Management. couple alphabet combinations for you. QE to QT. Yeah, that's a big deal. And it's probably one of the biggest sea changes we have seen over the last number of decades in the investing business. Of course, QE is quantitative easing, really the idea that there was the printing of money by the Federal Reserve flooding the markets with effectively free money, 0% interest rates. Uh, That has changed, and now there's quantitative tightening where they're taking that out. And that is a dramatic sea change for the investment landscape. Yeah, and I think one of the, the the playbook essentially was that the minute the Fed started putting liquidity in the system, buy everything, right? You know, the V bottom, if you will. And at this point, given where the Fed's balance sheet is, uh, given the belief that uh, modern monetary theory doesn't really work in the long run. Yeah, but uh, it was around the world. The, the MMT was around. It wasn't just here in the United States, especially in Europe. Well, I remember, you know, during the height of the Greek crisis, the 10-year treasury, the 10-year Greek bond was trading at like a 15% yield. When there was 15 
trillion in sovereign debt yielding negative yields. Right. The Greek tenure was at two percent. Now I would never own I would yeah. never lend money to the Greek government right. under any circumstances. <laughs> and that just shows you how excessive it was. Right. It was like picking pennies up in front of a steamroller. So if you if you just back it off and say, okay, for fifteen years we've seen QE, it's gonna take more than a few months to unwind the excesses that have sprung from that. But we're starting to see it. Well, you showed me a chart uh, last week that shows that it is starting to roll over. The money is starting to come out. So there is an effect. They're starting to roll off all of these bonds. And what you know, which really is dramatic, is the amount of government debt that's out there, thirty trillion dollars. And if the if you were advising a client like the federal government, you wouldn't tell them to roll it all over in the next three years. But that's exactly what's going to happen. Right. Fifty percent of the debt needs to get refinanced in the next three years. So the Fed clearly has an incentive to try to get rates down, or else we're going to see much higher taxes down the road. And I'm, obviously no one likes to pay higher taxes. The other thing is that with the Q, QT going on, it's going to operate with a lag, just like the M2 growth operated with a lag and contributed to inflation. And you have to assume that in that environment, markets are going to remain really volatile. And we're going to get these 15, 20, 25% rallies off some level. But then we're going to probably retrace those gains because, again, the negative effect of all of this monetary tightening is yet to be felt. And here is the takeaway, folks. You're going to have to be nimble going forward because there has been a sea change. There is a whole generation of investors that have not seen anything but a free money environment over the last 15 years, and that has changed. Set it and forget it is not the path going forward. You're going to have to be tactical and thoughtful. And, and do it, you know, on a, on a market basis, really. Don't wait till the end of the quarter to rebalance or the end of the year. That's the lazy, that's a lazy excuse. Because during the week, during months, you get opportunities where the valuation disparities become very wide. That's what you want to take advantage of, which is one of the reasons why you were very prescient to, to force us to have a, a weekly investment committee meeting. I would rather not sit in meetings, but once a week we have to get together and face the facts and, and, and act accordingly. Other firms meet quarterly or semi-annually. Yeah. So again, our, our pulse is on the markets. We, we react in a proactive way and take advantage of volatility when it appears. And that's really, folks, the big takeaway is you just can't have a set it and forget it passive style or just put it into, for example, a fixed annuity that you won't see for the next 10 years. This is really what you need to do. You need to go through the process. You need to understand what you own, why you own, own it and here it is how much you're paying for it. I can't tell you how many times that we see this, that clients uh, go and talk to other advisors and then they come in here and they are their money's locked up for a significant amount of time. Dave, I heard some of those annuities are doing 9%. Yeah, the 9% for the agent. Oh, not the commission. No, no, okay. Not 9% for the, uh, for the client. Got right. it, got it. Okay. Well, 2023 is here. I mean, we are almost to February. The year is off to a bang and if you were feeling a little unsettled about it, we'd love to help you out. What we do is investment in retirement planning, tax planning, and estate planning. If you say, well, I only need one or two of those things. Now, it all goes together as a plan. Really think about it. You need to sit down with us and we'll talk to you. Talk about your hopes, your dreams, your expectations for 2023 and beyond. We'd love to help. And it all starts at AnnexWealth.com when you click that Get Started button. Soft landing, hard landing, what's going to happen? Let's get ready for whatever landing zone we wind up in. We're ready to put a plan in place for you. Pick your partner carefully. Competency, transparency, that's how it works with Annex Wealth Management. AnnexWealth.com, click that Get Started button. We're going to be back here next Saturday at 10. This is Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show, 620 WTMJ.